The Boilermakers head to the bye. Probably a good time for a bye following the loss to Ohio State over the weekend. We'll look ahead, including a little preview of that game against Nebraska coming up after the bye on Gold and Black Radio. Kyle Charters here. Tom Deanhart will join us in just a moment, but first this. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. All right, Tom, the Boilermakers head into the bye week probably comes at a good time. Bye weeks always seem uh, to be at a, at a good time uh, in this particular instance. It seems like so for the Boilermakers. Uh, as Purdue comes off the loss to Ohio State, let's sort of spend a few minutes here talking about maybe what the priorities for Purdue at 2N5 headed into sort of this post-bye second half of the season should be right now. Obviously, uh, the loss to Ohio State was uh, unpleasant, uh, not unexpected, uh, but the Boilermakers falling behind early and, and not really competing was was a difficult one. I guess if you're the head coach, uh, tell me what your number one priority is right now. Yeah, you want to get healthy. I know that's not a real X's and O's uh, solution to things, but you know, Kyle, everybody, everybody's banged up right now. Purdue's one of those teams and um, already playing without three pretty key players who have been lost for the year to injury. Of course, Marcus Bowe, Max Claire, and Marquise Wilson. Um, Jamali Dryan never even got to the field this year, the Florida Atlantic wide receiver. Played last week without Tyrone Tracy, of course, and he was out Ben Freehill. Paul Perferi hasn't played this year, so – um, yeah, they, they need to get healthy. You know, Hudson Carr has been pretty banged up too, Kyle. He hasn't missed obviously any games, but he can use this this week off as well to sort of convalesce and get back to 100%. So um, they're going to need everybody, uh, all hands on deck here. Two and five, you know, there's five games left. We can all do the math, right? We do have to win four of its last five games to get bowl eligible for a third year in a row. And one of the five games is at Michigan, so I think it's safe to say Purdue's probably not going to win that one, which makes the other four must-wins, beginning, of course, uh, with the next game, October 28th at Nebraska. Yeah, Purdue likely a three-touchdown underdog, I would imagine, uh, against Michigan, unless something changes between uh, now and that game here in a couple of weeks after Purdue gets back at it at Nebraska following, following the bye. I guess if you know if if you're going to work on something from an X's and O's point of view, where do you start? I mean, Purdue's got a lot of things it needs to be able to try to fix. For me, offensively, it just feels like Purdue's still a team that's in search of um, a little bit of an ID. Now, you know they've run the football well, obviously, um, but still, even within that, have struggled in in short yardage. Um, you know, not getting. Uh, the, the, the big plays has been a problem for Purdue. Um, you know, all those things are, are causing some difficulties for the Boilermaker offense. Yeah, I think you hit on most of the big ones. The short yardage offense seems to rear its head up, or the lack of a short yardage offense seems to rear its head every week. We saw it again, Kyle, I think late in the first half of Saturday when Mockaby got uh, almost like the one-foot line, got tackled with Purdue's first and goal. Can't punch it in, and 
And of course, they they uh, end up going backwards and then and they miss the field goal. Real deflating sequence. But again, we've seen Purdue really struggle. Uh, fourth and one, third and short, uh, trying to get that one tough yard. And you know that that's been a, an issue for Purdue, regardless of the coach. It seems like <laughs> you've seen this time and again too, Kyle, over your years. So um, again, that that remains a problem. Um, you mentioned big plays. Yeah, they, they've been pretty uh, pretty devoid of big plays almost all year. Deion Burks, um, two games in a row now, uh, largely a non-factor. And I think we, we can all agree, right? He's probably the most dynamic guy on this, this offense. And I know defenses want to take him away, but you still got to find ways to try to get the ball in his hands. So that that's been a big two big things for me. If they can find some solution to that short yardage offense and trying to trying to generate somehow some more big plays. It's, it's difficult, but you think with the way they're running the football, Kyle, uh, that that could open up some some, some throws downfield, and you just haven't been able to make defenses pay. I think it's difficult when you have just really in the passing game one big playmaker that an opponent can sort of scout and prepare for. If you, if you can't go somewhere else to make them pay for that, I think it's a, it's a difficulty, and Purdue just does not. While it has other, you know, good players, I think, on offense, uh, more of them are – you know, mm-hmm. possession type of guys rather than, you know, big play type of guys. At least uh, that's what we've seen so far from them. But, yeah, I mean, it's it seems to me you could scheme to get the, the ball still in, in Deion Burke's hands. I mean, you could hand it to him, uh, yeah. for instance, uh, you know, or just put him in the backfield. I don't, I don't move him around to try to get advantageous uh, uh, matchups. And it doesn't feel like Purdue has been able to do that and then get him the ball enough. Yeah, we saw like I think it was like a quick pop pass against Illinois near that north end zone where uh, he took a ball quick, like a almost a shovel pass, and just kind of ran to the pylon and got to the end zone. You're right, just just any way to get him the ball in space, put him one on one in space with with, with people, uh, let him sort of beat Deion Burks, if you will. So, um, yeah, they got to get Tyrone Tracy back. It's, it's, I mentioned him being out last week, uh, groin issue, didn't play the second half at Iowa. Uh, Devin Mockaby, though, I tell you what, uh, keep him healthy and upright. He looks like he's got his fumbling issues in the rearview mirror. He's gone two games in a row now without a fumble. He's ran for a total of 199 yards against Iowa and against Ohio State. He's really the only bright spot last week against the Buckeyes. He's playing very well right now. Keep keep throwing the ball to him and letting him be Devin Mockaby, carrying the ball as well. So, And then, you know, Garrett Miller, I think Kyle's slowly starting to round into form. Yeah. I think they need more out of number 88. You know, I think he had some trepidation earlier this year coming off that knee injury that cost him all of last season. He seems to be, again, becoming the Garrett Miller we all expected. And he needs to be that guy because, you know, talked about Max Clare being out. He was headed to be probably a freshman All-American. I mentioned Peferi. He hasn't played all year. So they're down basically to Garrett Miller, Drew Bibber, and a true freshman tied in. And, again, Miller can be one of those special players on this offense. He has to be a difference maker. Yeah. You know, the offensive line has suffered a couple of injuries uh, now. The one, you know, very significant, obviously. It, it really, Purdue's offensive line hasn't been uh, the fivesome that you would hope it would be. I mean, though, all season, right? Because, you know, Gus yeah. Hartwick misses the beginning of the year and, you know, probably still rounding into to shape those first couple of games. And now Marcus Bowe is injured, um, you know, and it was, a, it was a rebuilt offensive line anyway. It's the one position – in football that you probably have to have some continuity and chemistry and Purdue has not been able to establish that. Mm-hmm. Uh, another injury then on, on Saturday, 
what do you do from an offensive line point of view <laughs> going forward? I mean, it's it's hard. You, you know, the personnel is what it is. Yeah. Uh, and there's only so much you can do to scheme on your offensive line to to try to hide um, some other issues there. What do you do here during the bye week headed into Nebraska to try to get that group as in good a shape as possible? Yeah, you're right. It may, may be down to a scheme thing where you don't ask those guys to do a lot of things they can't do um, uh, offensively uh, from a blocking execution standpoint. Yeah, Bo, we talked about Marcus Bo, probably the best lineman, the left tackle. He's out for the year with that ankle injury, suffered at Iowa. Uh, of course, Musa got helped off the field Saturday. Uh, I believe it's not a super serious injury. There's, I think there's a, probably a good chance he could be back for Nebraska with these two weeks off here, basically. And Luke Griffin, a backup, uh, big backup right guard from Missouri. Uh, I think I think the injury he suffered could be one that could be a you know pretty serious. So we'll keep that on our radar too. Uh, he, he again, he was he was kind of become a nice depth player behind Jalen Grant. And you talked about Hartwig got a late start. You know Daniel Johnson is a big tackle who finally got on the field a couple of weeks ago, uh, who had been coming off a knee injury as well. So I, I know I know every team's got injuries they deal with, and, and everybody's got a sad song they can tell you about their their, their injury list. Uh, but, yeah, Purdue's O-line has really been banged up. And, uh, yeah, the depth's getting thin, Kyle. They had to start Ben Farrell last week in, in Bo's spot. Of course, Ben, ben Farrell – you know, uh, NAI transfer from Indiana West. You know, so when you talk about a step up, Kyle, you go from playing what Marion College to line up against Ohio State's All-American defensive end. So, um, yeah, Purdue's at that point now where their depth, is, their depth is really getting tested up front. Yeah, Indiana Wesleyan there over in Marion. Uh, I lived in Marion for three years, and I don't <laughs> believe at that time Indiana Wesleyan had a football program. Uh, so it is. I mean, it's an interesting story to be able to it go is. from that level to to being a starter against Ohio State <laughs> in in yeah. Ross State Stadium. I mean, and and he, he seemed to fare well. I mean, it's yeah. pretty pretty remarkable uh, that uh, he was able to to make that move. You know, for Purdue defensively, I, f- I feel like Purdue's got try-hard guys on on defense, right? Um, and, you know, probably just not enough playmaking there, enough, enough depth, uh, really, to, to be able to hold up, especially against an opponent as good as Ohio State. Um, so I don't, I don't know what more you do on defense other than, you know, try to limit big plays and see if you can get those guys better. Yeah, there aren't many positions of strength on that side of the ball, I don't think. I like the outside linebackers. Kydron Jenkins has been one of the better pass rushers in the Big Ten. Nick Scorton, of course, has been uh, a cut above, as they say. Uh, you know, Will Hell gives them some nice nice depth off the edge, too. Um, you know, inside, Kyle, they're big, and they got depth. They can rotate six guys. Um, but they, they, they're not a real super dynamic group on the interior. Uh, yeah. Don't always get a real consistent push. And the linebackers, the inside linebackers, are, are our pedestrian. And OC Brothers has dealt with some injury issues. He's probably the best of the three main guys there. The safeties are just okay. You know, Snoozy Kane probably being the best. And then the cornerbacks, you know, um, that, that's a spot that's real worrisome if you're pretty. It was all year, has been all year. And now they're out without Marquise Wilson, the Penn State transfer probably their best cornerback out for the year with a wrist injury. And, um, you know, Markevious Brown, number one, you know, he remains, he's, he's the bellwether back there now, Kyle, the Ole Miss transfer. And they're, they're starting a true freshman opposite him and Derek Rogers. Botos Alessandro, the junior college transfer, plays an awful lot as well. You could even see Zion Steptoe, the former receiver, get some reps. 
they really need a Stanford transfer. So when you turn to Muhammad to get on the field, he's not played all year due to a hamstring injury. So, yeah, we saw, you know, again, that was Ohio State elite receivers, and we saw some struggles back there to be expected. But, yeah, that's going to be a group that's going to continue to get tested by, by every team moving forward. And, of course, Dylan Thieneman, the, the true freshman, probably the guy on the entire defense with the brightest future. I mean, he's been yeah been pretty good for for Purdue. All right, Tom, let's take a break. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more as Purdue heads into this bye week before Nebraska. That's coming up on Gold and Black Radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill, industrial and classic. The restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, Tom, the Boilermakers on the bye week uh, this week before uh, heading over to Lincoln for uh, really, I guess, the second half of the season here following the bye. You know, one thing we have not talked about is special teams, particularly in the kicking game. Mm. Uh, you know, Ben Freehill is, has been hurt. Maybe he's able to come back after the bye. Perhaps that settles down the place kicking spot, though we really don't know. It's not as if we have a, an extensive history on a uh, free Hill as the place kicker, but place kicking was a problem uh, on Saturday. Not sure it really made that much ultimately in difference in, in winning and losing. If Purdue gets in the red zone against Ohio state, it needs to score touchdowns. Uh, that's really the only way it's going to pull off an upset against the team as good as the Buckeyes, but the punting game has not been uh, necessarily very consistent either. Uh, I mean, maybe special teams takes a little bit of a backseat to trying to fix uh, all the other issues, uh, but it's rather important as well. And Purdue's been just okay. If even that in the kicking game. Yeah, I think you, I think you assessed it pretty well. Um, uh, yeah. The punting has been, been, I guess, okay. The answer could always improve and, the return game, for the most part, has been a non-factor. Although T.J. Sheffield's had some nice punt returns this year, he's been—he has been a bright spot on the punt returns. We saw the kickoff return for a touchdown too earlier this year, the first game by Tyrone Tracy. So there's been a few glimpses here, on, and then the return game for Purdue coverage has been pretty good. And then the plays kicking, right? Um, boy, everybody saw last Saturday. Felt bad for Julio Macias. Um, 
missing three field goals, clanking one. And that, that last one, the 27-yarder, was a total shank. And uh, by that point, you kind of wondered where he was at mentally. Uh, so, yeah, just tough to see, obviously. Where's Purdue go at that spot moving forward? You mentioned Ben Freehill. Yeah, he's missed four games total this year, a blood clot issue in his kicking leg. But I think there's a chance he could be back. Ryan Walters talked about that Saturday after the game. But even Freehill's had his issues, Kyle. It's not like you're trotting Jan Senrud or, or, you know, Garrow, <laughs> you premium to use another dated reference for you out there. But, but uh, well, yeah, well, anyway, so, yeah, they, they, they just, I, don't, I don't know where you go. You know, at this point, why, why not give Caleb Crockover a chance to try to kick field goals? He, yeah, they actually summoned him to kick the extra point when Purdue did score, and he made it. So, yeah, yeah that, posi- that position is sort of a mess right now. There's no other way to really put it. And you know what, Kyle? When you play teams that are kind of your peers or equals, which Purdue's going to do a lot of here down the stretch, the, one of these games should come down to making a big kick, right? Yeah. Like, I guess that, that's what's got you worried a little bit. So uh, we'll see how that position uh, you know, continues to, to, to evolve here these last five games. Yeah, just very little margin of error for this Purdue team. And when you're going to be taking on your peers here in the second half, like the Nebraska, you know, Minnesota, uh, Northwestern Indiana, yeah, you know, those teams that you feel like you have a good opportunity against, um, a big kick, big kick somewhere in my matter. Uh, yeah. You know? uh, and, you know, it could have mattered even in the opener against Fresno, right? A kick that was missed might have might have mattered for Purdue in that contest. So, so yeah, you yeah, know, Kyle, Purdue, Purdue, Purdue's three and nine on the year on field goals. It's the worst percentage in the Big Ten, and the three field goals are the, the fewest in the Big Ten. So, there you go. Yeah. You know, I will say this about Purdue here at the bye. Nothing that has happened here in the first – seven games of the Ryan Walters era has has really made me question this whole thing, right? I mean, I, I just think it's too early uh, and there were too many roster questions to like make a huge assessment about where Purdue is long-term, right? I mean, do you mm-hmm. agree with that? That it's just, you just, I, I just don't think after six, seven games or even, you know, after one season, you can really get a, a real good feel on this thing. Certainly, Ryan Walters and really any coach is going to need yeah. more time, especially when you look at the big picture and, and what Purdue had returning uh, this season. Yeah. You, you can't be, I have a referendum after, you know, seven games, or even one season, given what Ryan Walters walked into, you know, a lot, lot, di- lot different than what Jeff Rom walked into in 2017 with the transfer portal. Now, um, yeah, Walters brought in some players, Kyle, but, I think maybe as, as we look back, maybe he, he lost some some better players, especially yeah. on the offensive line. We were talking offline about the offensive linemen. If you had, you know, I'm not saying these guys are NFL players, but I think Spencer Holstage may be an NFL player. He went to UCLA. Shona Fina went to Arizona State. And the big tackle, Eric Miller, went to, to Louisville. So, boy, that's a spot you hate to lose veteran players. And those were three big ones that that line would look a lot different if they were still here. So I guess you can cry over that all you want, but you're right. Um, Walters can't be really judged so far on, 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 on what's transpired. Um, still a work in progress. And one thing that's going to go on this week that I think he's good at is recruiting Kyle and yeah. staff's going to fan out. You know, they're going to practice Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, going to lift on Friday and the staff will be out largely a lot of this week, visiting commitments, uh, going to see two, 2025 kids, uh, so again, that, that's going to be a big part of, 
of what the staff's doing this week. And uh, they had a huge recruiting weekend this last Saturday, Kyle. Over 90 players were here. And, uh, yeah, they're really honing in on the 25s at this point. Just a handful of spots left in that 24 class. So that'll be a big part of what uh, the Purdue staffers are doing this week. Yeah, and certainly you can be frustrated with, you know, losing games. Like as a fan, right? I mean, I you know, it's certainly within your right uh, uh, to do that. And I think the Iowa loss to me was extremely frustrating. It was very you know, yeah. frustrating game. I think it was frustrating for everyone, probably for Purdue itself, I would imagine. And then I think you know losing to Ohio State is probably a a pretty good uh, you know measuring stick about where where you are compared to uh, you know the best teams in the Big Ten for sure. But I just think yeah, having a referendum. Uh, yeah, a little too early for me on on that one. All right, Tom. Uh, enjoy the bye week. You too, my friend. Take care, buddy. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. Uh, thanks to our sponsors, as always. If you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show for Tom Deanhart. I'm Kyle Chargers. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.